In our sixth session on Colossians 1, 3-8, I want to take this gigantic word, gigantic because of its reality, not because of how many letters it has, gospel, step back and give a Pauline, and I believe an entire New Testament, Old Testament definition of the gospel, or show how to summarize the gospel, because there's just so much debate about what the gospel actually is. We thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, having heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, which you heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. So we heard about uh, Jesus Christ, and we heard about love, and we heard about this hope, all of it in this truth described as gospel, euangelion in Greek, meaning good news. The gospel is always news. Let's never forget that when we're unpacking all the glories of Scripture, its fundamental cast, you might say, is news, news. Have you heard the news? When I'm doing personal evangelism on the street, one of the simple questions I regularly ask is, have you heard the best news in the world? Now, lots of people can kind of tell where you're going, but lots of people say, whoa, no, what? And you say something like what I'm about to say, only shorter. <laughs> okay, here we go. My summary of six elements of the gospel, six elements of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's a plan. It's an event, it's an accomplishment, it's a free offer, it's a personal application of that accomplishment, and it is an eternal, eternal enjoyment of God. Let me show you why I think all six of those are important. So, plan. Probably the most important text in the New Testament with regard to, with regard to a straightforward definition of the gospel would be 1 Corinthians 15. Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are being saved, if you hold it fast, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered you as of first importance. He's still talking about the gospel. I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. And here it comes. Christ died. For your sins, for our sins, in accordance with the scripture. Now, that's where I get the idea of plan. Paul thought it important to put that in here. It is in accordance with Old Testament scriptures, which mean God had a plan. So the gospel was planned, it was not thought up in response to events that took place in history. It was a plan before the foundation of the world, and Paul reckons that as important to say right here. So I say it. It is a plan. Second, it is an event, namely, Christ died. That's an event in history. If that didn't happen, there is no good news. That he was buried, that he was raised. If that didn't happen, we are of all people most to be pitied, we Christians. The resurrection of Jesus and the death of Jesus are historical 
events. They must take place. They have taken place. If they didn't take place, there is no gospel, there is no salvation, there is no forgiveness of sins. Third, it is an accomplishment. When that event happened, glorious things were accomplished, and they were accomplished before we ever came into existence. For example, Christ died for our sins. Now, contained in that are lots of achievements or accomplishments. He died for our sins. He didn't just die. It's not just an event. It's an event with an accomplishment. Something happened to our sins. God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died in our place. So that's the first accomplishment, or you could say the summary accomplishment. 1 Corinthians 6.20, you were bought with a price. Glorify God in your bodies. That happened at the cross. That was done. God's people were bought. The price was paid once for all. It's over. It is finished. The price was paid. Or Mark 10.45, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That was paid. The ransom was paid on the cross. The event had an accomplishment, an achievement. It achieved a ransom. Or Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. That happened in history on the cross, a great and glorious achievement. Romans 8.3, God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. What has he done? By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. That's done. The punishment of sin in the flesh of Jesus on the cross is over. It is finished. No more punishment for sin for all who are in Christ. But the achievement of it was in history once for all 2,000 years ago. 1 Peter 2.24, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. He bore our sins in his body. That is an achievement, an accomplishment. It is done. It is finished. So, the gospel is a plan. It is according to the scriptures. The gospel is an event. Christ died and rose again. The gospel is an accomplishment. He bought us. He paid a ransom for us. He redeemed us. He became a curse for us. He bore our punishment. He bore our sins. All those are the accomplishments Outside us, once for all, before we ever existed, those things were done and cannot be undone. Fourthly, the gospel is a free offer to everyone. It is for faith. By grace, you have been saved through faith. 
This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, lest anyone should boast. If the gospel, if all of those achievements, accomplishments of the gospel had to be earned by works, there'd be no gospel. The gospel depends on all of those accomplishments becoming ours by faith, by receiving, by gladly welcoming them as our treasure. Fourth, or what is it? Fifth. One, two, three, four, five, six. Now, the accomplishments become ours through faith in this offer. This is where it gets really personal. So Acts 10.43, to him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. The sins were paid for on the cross. Forgiveness was purchased on the cross once for all, but that forgiveness is received now by faith. That's what I mean by application of the achievement. Or again, Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. We're not justified until we have faith. The ground of our justification was provided in the life and death of Jesus, the event and the accomplishment. But the application of the accomplishment comes by faith. And it is justification. Or one more whoever believes in him has eternal life. That eternal life was purchased on the cross, and at the resurrection it was secured. But it doesn't become ours until we believe. And therefore, I say the gospel is a plan, an event, an accomplishment, lots of them a free offer for faith alone, and a personal application of the glories of that accomplishment to us individually as we believe. And that's where many, many gospel presentations end. The glories of eternal life, the glories of forgiveness, the glories of justification. That is not where they should end, because if someone says, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, you should ask them, why would you want to be forgiven? And if they don't answer something like, because without forgiveness, I would not be able to enjoy God forever, if they only answer something like, well, because I get out of hell, or because I get to go to heaven where, where my body won't be sick anymore, or, 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 and God and Jesus are just not even in the goal picture, something is deeply amiss. And so I add, the sixth and ultimate good of the gospel, the good news is Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. This is the real test of whether we have faith or not, because if we want to go to heaven, and it doesn't matter to us whether God's there, just as long as we have our friends and health and no depression, and lots of toys. We're not Christians. The ultimate good of the gospel is God. I wrote a whole book called God is the Gospel to make this point. So 
when he brings us by his blood to God, what we find is this. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your presence, God, is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The ultimate good of the gospel is fullness of joy in God, pleasures in God forever, full and forever joy in God's presence. That's the ultimate goal of the gospel, which has these six elements. It's a plan, according to the scriptures. It's an event. Christ died and rose. It's an accomplishment. He bought us once for all and redeemed and ransomed for us, for himself. It's a free offer to faith alone, not works. It's a personal application so that forgiveness and justification and eternal life become ours by that faith. And in the end, it is best of all, and finally, eternal enjoyment with God. So in this little word here, or I call it a gigantic word, is everything. I didn't want to pass over it too quickly. I commend it for your meditation.